I'm Dr. Amy Bader. And I'm Dr. Renee Rosenfeld. Welcome to Be Natural, a place to come for the latest buzz in natural medicine. Episode 4, P.M. Freaking S. <laughs> Hi everybody, I'm Dr. Renee Rosenfeld. And I'm Dr. Amy Bader, and as you just heard, we're here to talk about our lovely friend, P.M.S. Today. The best. Yeah. So many women have this, Renee. Oh, so many. So many. I literally had a woman come into my office once as a new patient, she said, if you don't fix my PMS, I'm going to get fired from my job. <gasps> and I said, you know, it's a lot of pressure. <laughs> I'm sure you did she great, She did great. Though. She yeah. did great. But, I mean, it, that's just an illustration of how profound this can be for some people. And so what we really want to talk about is hormones, particularly female hormones, and how easily dysregulated they are in our society. Yeah. So um, we want to tell you kind of what happens and how you can fix it. Yeah, because it's actually something that's not that difficult to treat most of the time. Right. And things you can do yourself can get you most of the way there. Right. Okay, so, so what is PMS? Please tell us. So <laughs> Besides annoying. <laughs> so annoying. Um, PMS can be a lot of different things and can look like a lot of different things for different women but um mood mood swings and mood dysregulation and mood changes um particularly irritability or depression um irritability is very very common we get that we get that complaint oh, we, yeah. weepy and cranky weepy and come cranky up a lot. Mm-hmm, pissy mm-hmm. and um digestive disturbances such as bloating diarrhea constipation um stuff like that cravings oh yeah huge food cravings for a lot of cravings um, which tell us a lot about um what your hormones are doing and um sleep sleep disturbance and fatigue lots of fatigue Mm -hmm. and some women can even get achy or some joint pain flare up and then also Potentially some acne flares. Oh, yeah. Skin. Yeah. And then things that are more hormonally kind of obvious, like tenderness in their breasts. Right. Or, yeah. yeah. Stuff like that. And you don't, doesn't mean, if you have PMS, doesn't mean you have all of these things, but mm-hmm. you can have like a handful or just one or two. Right. Everyone's a little these. unique in terms of where, you know, think of your body as a chain. You put stress on that chain, you're going to have your more challenged areas kind of become problematic, right? Magnified. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's what it is and what are we gonna do about it (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh what are we gonna do about it (laughs) well first of all we need to pay homage to mother liver which is what we like to call it let's start up at the liver and work our way down to the girly bits you want to okay okay tell us about the liver in Chinese medicine Renee because this makes so much sense when you start thinking about moods and things So a lot, I'll say a lot of different things about the liver in Chinese medicine, but particularly um, the heart governs the blood. This is going to kind of be a little out there, so I'll try to get as specific as possible. (laughs) The heart governs the blood, the spleen makes the blood, and the liver stores the blood. So think about that for a second. So if your liver stores your blood, that puts a lot of pressure on um, the liver and hormones because 
Your uterus releases the blood every month. Sorry, boys. This is a this is a girly girly a show. Girly show. <laughs> girly episode. Um, but your liver makes all your hormones, and so if you're having a lot of stress put on, put on your liver, such as eating a lot of sugar or um, alcohol, caffeine. Or ca- caffeine is so huge, and this includes oh. chocolate. Sorry, guys. In yep. it. Most, even dark chocolate, unless you're eating like 100% dark, um, that has, you know, it has sugar in it. So Mm -hmm. those types of things ingested put a lot of strain on the liver because the liver is in charge of our detox pathways. Mm -hmm. So the liver wants to process whatever you put in, decide this is good for me, this doesn't serve me, and the things that don't serve us, it helps eliminate. So if your liver is trying to focus really hard on eliminating alcohol, sugar, caffeine, other foods that are inflammatory, then it's going to have a hard time focusing on correct hormone production. Right. It's it's like it's going to move things to the back of the bus that are not a priority. Exactly. Like estrogen. In progesterone. Exactly. Right? Yep. So that's really important. Um, so knowing that about the liver will help you obtain better hormone health. So so yeah. I'm I'm poking at Renee because I I've studied tiny bits of Chinese medicine in my naturopathic training. So the the emotion associated with the liver anger yeah, but the virtue the positive emotion associated with the liver is kindness. Okay, so when your liver is a little bit full of blood, if you will, around that hormonal time, that's the crankiness in Chinese mm-hmm. medicine. That's where you say it comes from. Is that true? Yes, I think more just thinking along the lines of if the liver isn't in harmony at, at any time, it can be angry. For any reason. So, okay. um, so yeah. So, but yes, if you are, you know, let's say you've been really stressed, not sleeping well, drinking alcohol, having sugar, those types of things, you can get angry or irritable mm-hmm. much more quickly than if you weren't doing those things. Right, um, okay. Because anger can be a healthy emotion, for sure. But it's, you know, um, alcohol and caffeine and sugar can create a, a hot quality, which can create liver fire, which can create, like, blowing up anger. Tangent. Sorry, guys. But, yeah. Yeah, so, so yes. Thank and, you. Yeah, that's, it's fascinating. Yeah, too. and also, if you're... Um, Everyone's different, so different things can affect the body a different way. Like some people drink alcohol and they get super elated and excited. That's just a nervous system thing. But some people drink alcohol and they get really sad and cry and get depressed. That is all affected by the liver. So some people, that can create that depression or that can create that excitement or fieriness. Mm -hmm. So I know this is kind of like a, um, I guess, how do you say complicated complicated yeah it's a complicated (laughs) issue but the liver the liver um does a lot of things for us so we really have to do our best job to help support it right and then when i look at it from just a straight up kind of science like more western science science geek kind of perspective on that i mean our hormones like estrogen the starting point and the stopping point are in the liver physiologically this is where the backbone molecules that become estrogen are made. And the liver is responsible for breaking down those hormones 
and getting it out of the body. Mm -hmm. So it's it's responsible for keeping healthy levels of hormone mm -hmm. at all times. Mm -hmm. And then the secondary part of that is the bacteria in the gut, our microbiome, which we talked a little bit about in our last podcast. There are bacterial functions within that microbiome that help us not recirculate estrogen. And I think a lot of women, because their liver's a little compromised and their digestive tract and microbiomes are compromised, they end up with this estrogen dominance, which can make people, quite frankly, bitchy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sadly. So, right. so it's a function of, at that point, you're looking at your diet and your lifestyle, how you're maintaining your liver health and your microbiome. And, you know, we want to make it a, a uterine problem, an ovarian problem, but not a lot always. of times that's not really where... It's, you know, the, the end product is really what's causing the problem. Right. And talk, to talk to touch upon liver health, too, um, we live in a really polluted, toxic world. And our liver is so bogged down in this environment. So, you know, a lot of people, a lot of people, evolution and livers haven't adapted, per se, mm -hmm. as well. So we, as humans, have to bring kindness Mm -hmm. to ourselves and have to love our liver and do things for it to help it perform optimally. So things like that would be eliminate alcohol, sugar, caffeine, or at least for the most part. I've seen huge strides in patients that have cut out um, coffee. Mm -hmm. They can do, you know, green tea at a low dose, but it, breast tenderness completely gone, irritability completely gone, Absolutely. cramps completely gone. Um, yeah, because the caffeine is just too much on the liver and the adrenals. A hundred percent true. I've seen this for years and, you know, people want to make treating PMS maybe a little more complicated. You know, we see commercials on TV for using antidepressants and all these kind of big guns for it. But the reality is it's, it's almost always a byproduct of lifestyle. Right. Also, um, castor oil we talked about in our last podcast, but rubbing castor oil, if you have breast tenderness, like from the collarbones down mm -hmm. to the hip bones, bone to bone, um, rubbing that, putting an old t-shirt on, maybe doing like a heating pad mm -hmm. at night and going to bed. I, I used to have breast tenderness and I did this when I first learned about it and it was like amazing. I did it most nights of the week for... I don't know, three weeks and or maybe a month or two actually before my next cycle and it no works. breast tenderness. You know, castor oil, I still do it all the time. Yeah, what we didn't say last time but we can say right now is that castor oil, one of the ways it works is by stimulating the lymphatics in our body to move more effectively. Mm -hmm. And that makes all it's the... It's a lymphagog. Lymphagog. It makes everything happy, including the liver. And we know the liver is kind of buried deep in our abdomen, but it really does have an effect by the time you start moving lymphatic fluid in the more superficial layers of your skin. It does make a difference for circulation and lymph movement deeper down in our liver, but also in our pelvis too, um, just to keep things from being stagnant, really. Absolutely. I know that's kind of a big concept in Chinese medicine too, is that concept of having things be stagnant isn't, isn't good. Right, you wanna keep the qi the energy moving. Mm -hmm. um, another thing, a really easy tip you can do is drink hot lemon water first thing in the morning. It's so amazing for cleansing the liver and for helping digestion. So peristalsis, that's like kind of what your body wants first You know thing. what? I haven't been doing that. I'm going to start doing that. Me too. When you said that, I'm yeah. like, uh-huh, yep. Yeah. Going to buy some lemons today, organic mm -hmm. ones. And I'll do like, I like things super sour. Mm -hmm. I, I love that. So I would probably do... 
a half of a lemon to one whole lemon, the juice of a lemon in hot water, and that's the first thing you should have in the morning. Yeah. It's great. It sounds really good. Okay, so one thing that I have seen be really helpful for not just PMS, but also just regulation of the menses and the level of flow and clotting and things that you have in your menses is something called seed cycling. The best. The best. Okay, so this dates back a long, long time into like kind of the European folklore around medicine. And it's something that women in Europe have been doing, like like the European version of the Chinese medicine. You know, right. when they have, mm-hmm. like they have their own medicine tradition that goes back thousands of years as yep. well. And they really use the moon cycles and very, were very nature oriented in the way they used to, to help each other and help themselves around especially their hormonal body Mm -hmm. so the seed cycling i think is pretty darn amazing what i routinely see and know this is going to sound weird but at this point this shouldn't surprise you people that dr and are weird (laughs) i have seen women's periods shift to the moon calendar oh my gosh every time it's so bizarre. It takes quite a few months. It takes a few months. That's yeah, normal, but, but yes. Someone will come and go, oh, I got my period a little earlier. I got my period a little late. And it's over three to six it. months, they'll be like, yeah, now I'm getting my period every new moon. Amazing. So interesting. Okay, so this is how you do seed cycling. So you can either follow your menstrual cycle if it's fairly regular, or you can follow the moon cycle. Mm-hmm. So if you're following your menstrual cycle, then day one is the first day of your period. That's the day you're going to use seeds that are a little bit more estrogen balancing. So flaxseed, ground flaxseed, kind of in the form of a flax meal that's either freshly ground or has been kept refrigerated and is still in pretty good shape. You know, flax, don't you think, flax can go bad pretty quickly if you... I just read something crazy. What? That said, oh my gosh, so yeah, if you, yeah, if you grind flax, and then put it in the fridge. After 15 minutes, it goes rancid. 15 minutes? So apparently, <laughs> apparently. So grind it fresh. Grind it fresh every day. Yeah. Yeah. The alternative it takes to that. Two seconds. Yeah. The alternative to that that probably most of my clients choose to do is to eat raw organic pumpkin seeds. Mm-hmm. By the way, if you're having a hard time sleeping at night, and especially if you're having like some hot surges or hot flashes at night, raw pumpkin seeds before bed can be really wonderful i think it's an ayurvedic tradition actually i that think they it use is that. too yeah. yeah so for the first 14 days you're going to do one of those two seeds you do about two tablespoons a day you can mix and match them and then that's about the time you would kind of mimic through or push through a little bit of an ovulation point in your cycle then you're going to switch to seeds that support more of a healthy progesterone level mm-hmm. okay so that's going to be raw and organic sunflower seeds and sesame seeds. And again, my clients will almost always choose what's more convenient to eat at like their desk at work or at home. So a lot of times they'll use the sunflower seeds, like raw organic sunflower seeds. They're easy to eat and easy Mm -hmm. to find. Um, Get them already shelled. But again, that's two tablespoons. Now, if you are not cycling or you're you're, um, cycling very irregularly, you can use the moon. Oh, yeah. You can use the moon. So the new moon, which is the darkest part of the moon cycle where we barely see a moon, the new moon to the full moon is where you would do typically the flax and or pumpkin. And then the full moon back to the new moon, you would typically do the sunflower and or sesame. Now, I have flip-flopped that on a few people over the years, and 
change things up a smidge, per, you know, just based on their personal situations. But if most women did that, it would serve them very well. Oh, yeah. And it's an easy thing to do. So easy and cheap. I have all my postmenopausal patients do that as well. So, ladies, without immenses anymore, you should. You are still tied to the moon. You still have hormones. You still have ebbs and flows yeah. in your cycle, even if you're not menstruating. So mm-hmm. you should definitely do this. And I would say for fertility too, this has been really powerful. Oh my, um, that I have gotten. Me personally, I'm just kidding. I've gotten so many people pregnant just doing... <laughs> that sounds really bad. Right? I know. It sounds bad, but I've helped so many women get pregnant by doing this. Yeah. I bet in Chinese medicine, though, you're treating their heart, too. Of course. Yeah. But I do that with homeopathy. Yeah. That helps. Yeah. It does help. It helps because the heart kind of mimics the uterus, and you have to have them both open in order to be able to carry a child. Yeah. But also, and even be creative, I think, as a woman. Use our feminine en- energy. They're connected. Oh. They're like mirrors of each other. Exactly. Okay, your uterus and your heart are mirrors. Creative energy. Okay. I will say one thing, though, about seed cycling. Um, we both treat a lot of patients dige- with digestive disorders, and a lot of people can't tolerate the seeds. Mm-hmm. So I go straight to the oils. Oh, yeah. So you can use herbs and oils, too, to mimic this. And yes. what we're really trying to do is create a rhythm. Exactly. So tell your favorite oils, and then we can talk about a few herbs. Okay, so I will do, um, I do organic flax oil, but in capsules. I have found that that is the best um, for the first half of the cycle from the new moon to the full moon. So organic flax oil capsules, two, twice a day. Um, and then from the full moon to the new moon, I do organic primrose oil and Love that, that it's so amazing I mean I cannot tell you how many ladies I have on just the oils and their skin is clear their menses are regular lap no mood stuff I mean cravings are better no bloating it's incredible yeah. and just energetically they feel more they just feel like they have a they just have more energy they feel better you know even when I have someone seed cycling and they tolerate the seeds well I will often add an evening primrose oh, in yeah. that second half or chase tree berry chase tree berry okay so chase let's talk about herbs for okay. a second because they can be if the oils don't agree or the seeds don't agree we can often use these use herbs so in the second half of that cycle with that more progesterone uh, half Chase tree berry is what Dr. Renee just mentioned. Now, this is literally one of my favorite favorite herbs ever. Don't you think that this is so profoundly helpful for so many? It's women? changed my life. Yeah. That one herb, and I, I mean, I have I tend to get a lot of patients that are amenorrheic that don't have a period, and this one herb. This, if someone were to ask, like, what is the one thing? I would say it's seed cycling and chase tree because you need to help remind your body that the progesterone needs to continue production like it needs to keep going in order to have a menses so yeah super and important that and that that herb signals that to your body really effectively yeah. it's it's latin name is called vitex v-i-t-e-x um it's it's i i mean i i can't tell you how many times i've prescribed that herb and been very pleased with the effects of that herb oh yeah now, in the first half of the, the menstrual cycle where I would typically be doing flax and or pumpkin seeds or we'd be doing potentially flax oil, I don't tend to use herbs as often in that part mm-hmm. of the, the menstrual cycle, but there are a few. Like alfalfa can be really helpful. Licorice root can be really helpful. Eleuthero can be nice just yep. for vitality because some women, um, when you lose blood, I mean, that's exhausting. That's mm-hmm. a lot of an energy loss on your body, and so... 
kind of helping um, promote vitality and energy is nice with those herbs. Yeah, and then Simsifiga is kind of a, that's black cohosh. That's something you see a lot in health food stores. I don't use it quite as often. We like it as a homeopathic. Yeah, I'm more likely to use it on a pellet, sprayed on a pellet, a homeopathic pellet. But it is really helpful for um for women who have kind of that dark cloud pass over them once a month exactly that's what i use it for it's like they just feel like they're just got a dark cloud for those three four or five days out of the month and so i'll i'll have them do it that way Mm -hmm. Um, typically don't have to do it very long because like we were saying pms is normally pretty responsive to basic stuff oh yeah you just need to give it a little bit of time sometimes um because think yeah I was saying, I was saying like three months. Oh, yeah, three months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like three, three months, months is typically when you'll really start to see the big, three to six months is where it sets in. Exactly, because you okay. need to give your liver and your uterus that time to eliminate, you know, what's been going through your body. I will also say when we start doing these things with women, sometimes they come in and say, I'm oozing goo. And my period looked really weird. Oh my gosh. And yes. I would tease them that they're cleaning their oven. Now, they are. I, you're not old enough to remember those commercials from TV. Are you? Remember no. those commercials? No. So I'm much older than Renee, oh but my gosh. there was a series of commercials called Easy Off when it was an oven spray, and women no. would spray their oven and then go play tennis and stuff because it, <laughs> it was doing all the work while they were paying attention. That's what these things are going to do. So you're going to yeah. be living your life, and your oven's going to be getting cleaned. Whether you know it or not. <laughs> I love that. And typically if you're getting a discharge or you have a weird period or two, that resolves in the in that oh, yeah. first three cycles. Quickly. And and sometimes you may feel a little, this happens. Oh my gosh, I get this all the time. People are like, oh, Dr. Renee, I'm feeling so tired. That's because your liver is trying to push stuff out that's... <laughs> toxic or bogging you down I always say this the liver is bogged down and so when you're trying to push things through its detox pathways you're gonna feel a little more tired so the first month or two after doing this you may feel a little more tired if you have more toxins than the normal person um but sometimes you can be feel really good right. just person to person so in that Chinese medicine model when the uterus bleeds and you have your period it's a way of detoxing your liver oh my gosh we are so amazing as women because men don't have this this ex, extra monkery. So mm-hmm. monkeries are um, the routes de- out. The, the routes out. So your skin, your lungs, your digestion, um, your uterus, and your sweat, and your urine. All of those things help you eliminate. And we have to keep eliminating as people, or else we get sick. So we have an extra monkery, our uterus, and yes, we have to eliminate out that. And that is a detox pathway. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. It's so funny. I've had new patients come to me and they're like, oh, I'm on the pill that I you know, take and I only get four periods a year. And, and in my makes- mind, I'm like, oh, we're both cringing. <laughs> and they're like, it's great. I'm not, you know, I don't have to wear my period. I'm like, oh, honey. But now they're coming to you for some health problem related to it, not having proper monkeries. Exactly. <laughs> and I'm like, so we have to get you eliminating. And so that brings me to my next, our next topic, yeah. which is birth control and hormones. Mm-hmm. Um, I Give us your two cents okay. on this. I, you know, this is a tough topic for it us. It is a tough topic. Um. I mean, I can tell you I've been practicing 17 years. I've maybe prescribed birth control two or three times in 17 years. Yeah. And all three of those times were for birth control, specifically in people who had certain situations where it really was the best option. Yes. 
and they really had to talk me into it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Give us your take on it. Okay. I am so passionate about this topic. Um, so birth control does a lot of different things to our bodies. It can suppress our body's own ability to make hormones, which later on down the road can cause amenorrhea or can cause a lot of fertility problems. Yeah, so, I've seen that. I've seen that in patients. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it's it's really. Um, and you know, a lot of doctors don't want to admit that. <laughs> I know, <laughs> it's right. really sad. But it, it's kind of obvious sometimes that that was a problem. Yeah. Yeah. I, I will actually say one thing. I um, I was on the pill a long time ago because I had really, really heavy periods back in college. And I went off the pill. And this was when I was finding natural medicine. And I was determined to heal myself. And so I went to the gynecologist and was telling her what was going on and didn't have my period back and this was probably a year into being off the pill and losing my period and she said you're never going to get your period back using this homeopathy stuff oh and that fueled a fire <laughs> oh yeah I mean she did not know what, who she was messing with and I absolutely got my period back oh, using I've naturopathic seen, and homeopathic I've seen homeopathic yeah I've stuff. seen our medicine be really really effective in this and I you know I learned so much through my own struggle with this and I've helped multiple women get their periods back yeah. so haha jokes on you <laughs> going back to the yes, pill though the pill. I mean it's really hard on your liver so hard on your liver to detox and it's really hard on your circulation in your heart mm -hmm. I mean they say don't smoke because it can cause thrombosis. Mm, clotting. That's clotting. That's a fancy word for clotting. Clotting. Which is not good. That's not like good. where strokes happen. So um, it just gets things out of whack. And, and we've talked before about how the body loves rhythm. And so you now you're creating an artificial rhythm that might not be your natural rhythm. And the, the glands in your head, basically, your endocrine glands, your, kinda, your master glands like your um, hypothalamus and your pituitary are now, now kind of being run around by this pill. They're right. not able to be their own natural self. And then you have said before, Renee, that you feel like you know, like hormones are kind of the deepest expression of ourselves. Oh I my think gosh. that's really cool. Will you just say something about that? Yeah, the, the hormones are your um, are the deepest part of your DNA. And when you mess with that, you mess with the deepest part of who you are as a person. So a lot of times, actually, almost 100% of the time, um, most patients who are on the pills come to me and they say, I don't feel right. I don't feel like myself. I feel really bloated. I've gained all this weight. I'm super moody. Da, 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 da. It's because you are messing with your deepest self. Um, and so, yeah, I, I personally don't condone it. And a lot of the times if someone's on the, the pill, they'll be on it for a year, a few months or whatever, and they may plateau. Yeah. And so when that happens, you may see a little spotting or whatever. So you may have to bump up the dose, and then you have to bump it up again. Try another pack. Try another pack. Pill. Stronger this, higher dose that. And so that really stops your body's ability from naturally creating. It sounds like that's kind of your body fighting against it. It is your bit. body fighting against it. And so I typically, I mean, yeah, I'm this just not is the biggest fan. What I can tell you after working with thousands of women is that what they tell me when they when they're on the pill is a lot of women say I don't really feel like myself they might exactly. not feel bad but they don't necessarily feel like themselves but when they get truly balanced with natural medicine and now they're having regular periods they feel and the PMS is gone all the symptoms are gone those women say I finally feel like my truest self they feel lighter they feel freer they feel at peace with themselves they're creative yep 
they're kind, you know, it, there's a generosity of spirit that kind of comes with having those, those hormones be balanced and letting your own personality be um, just kind of unhindered. Is that a, a good word? Yeah. Um, I, I think especially this happens when we lose our estrogen dominance. Now, I, I've thrown that word around a little bit or the phrase, but at getting too much estrogen in our bodies and, and getting estrogen out of whack with progesterone is kind of a common thing. It happens a lot in our culture, and it's just because of the way we live. Right. It's just kind of a natural occurrence of the way we live. But So when we work with people, Renee, and we mm-hmm. correct that, suddenly people aren't under that drug of estrogen anymore. And they're less moody, and they feel lighter, and they feel better, but they're also more likely to do things for themselves, take oh, care absolutely. of themselves. Estrogen kind of dumbs us down. It does. Too much of it. <laughs> Too much estrogen makes you really put yourself last. Yeah. Yeah. And, and not enough does a lot of bad things to you. Yeah, exactly. And we'll probably spend a whole other podcast talking about libido and sex life. Oh, yeah. that That's a huge topic in and of itself. But even then, I mean, these hormones, when they're out of a whack, you know, I always tease some of my patients who've come in on birth control pills and they have no sex drive. I said, well, that's how it actually works. It makes you not want to have sex. Because it's, it's telling your body that you're pregnant. You guys, so many people <laughs> don't realize this. Birth control mimics what pregnancy does like hormone wise so mm-hmm. ugh, not a fan sorry <laughs> straight from dr renee i mean iud's time and a place um i think the paragard's way better than the morena but that's also a foreign body being put in your body i have had patients have problems with morena so many problems yeah ugh. just not feeling right or having some immune problems after they had it inserted i've had it's i've scary. had a couple women come to me after that yeah right okay so. Okay, so that was a big topic, and we, we, the tip of the iceberg today. Tip of the iceberg. The tip of the iceberg, but we hope that the tips we've given you today are some things you can think about right now and start implementing and actually have some benefit from. Yeah, and we definitely want to know your thoughts and more topics within women's health and hormones that you want to learn about, so please comment. Please do. And let us know, and we hope you have a wonderful day. Thank you. Goodbye. Bye. Be sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Be Natural Radio for more tips and tricks on how to live your healthiest life. This podcast is sponsored by Real Beauty Food Inc., makers of skin tea. Thanks so much.